Welcome to Thrive Beyond Pornography, the podcast where real couples like us candidly navigate the journey to a healthier, more connected life. Join us as we share personal experiences, expert insights, and practical tips to help you thrive in your relationships and break free. Together, let's repair and build a rock-solid connection, becoming a couple that can overcome any challenge. Hey, everybody, it's hump day! (laughs) Do you remember that commercial where, like... The camel, the camel would come one. behind the couch and go, hump day! <laughs> hump day! <laughs> All right, so what better way to celebrate hump day than with a bonus episode and an exciting announcement? We have been talking about how we can expand our message of hope and healing and make it accessible to all the people who need what we have to offer. So we came up with the perfect idea, and we today would like to tell you all about it. We have decided to start the self-mastery membership. What? What? We're pretty excited. <laughs> Darcy's very excited. Most days she sits next to me at our little desks and she's like, I'm so excited. That's what she does. She literally does that. Anyhow, so in the self-mastery membership, you'll have access for you and your spouse for the cost of one date night per month. How awesome is that? You'll also have access to two open coaching and Q&A calls for the person who is struggling with pornography. There will also be two Q&A calls for the loved one of the person who is struggling with pornography. And then two parent calls for those who are trying to help their kids overcome pornography. And on top of all that, you'll get access to a new class each month, teaching you valuable skills that will help you create the life you want and leave the pornography struggle behind. Our goal of the self-mastery membership is not only to remove pornography from your life or your loved one's life, it's also to help you build and, and grow and create the life and relationships that you do want. This price is a founder price only, so you're going to get a very good price this month. You're going to get it all through the month of December. This is a great opportunity for you to get in on the ground floor on something that's going to not only help you remove pornography from your life, but it's going to help you create the life that you're looking for. And you're going to get it at a really good price. We've got monthly price and we've even got a an annual price that you will see on the website. Go to zackspafford.com, get signed up, and... Be ready for it to go live on January 1st, 2021. We are going to make 2021 an amazing year for you and your loved ones and make it the best year you've ever had when it comes to pornography. We're going to leave all the pandemic and 2020 behind us, and we're going to make 2021 amazing. All right, now let's talk about Amanda Louder. This bonus episode is Amanda interviewing Darcy and I. It's such a great conversation because in it we talk about our sex life. Which is pretty friggin' amazing, if I do say so myself. Uh, But it's also an opportunity for you to listen to a really great voice, Amanda. She has such good insight into how women can make their sex life so, so, so much better. We have a great sex life, don't we? Yes, we didn't always, though, so... So it's it's a good conversation to listen to. All right, without further ado, here's us with Amanda Louder. Welcome to the podcast, Darcy and Zach. I am so excited to hear your story and hear the insights you guys have for us. Awesome. We're excited to be here. Yeah, this is going to be great. So Zach, why don't you start us off by telling my audience your story? Yeah, so I think my story starts when I was about eight years old. I found pornography in a magazine that was in a old truck tire that they put on playgrounds. I don't know if you ever had one of those dump truck tires on your playground that always smelled like cat pee. I don't know why anyone ever would play inside those, but... 
that's where I found it. And so from that moment, uh, probably for the next 25 years until what, 2012, I was dealing with pornography in, in my life. I was fighting it actively. I was constantly, you know, berating myself for viewing it. I was, I was that guy who was trying to do all of the right things as a member of the church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. And yet I had this, I don't know if it was a secret, but it was, it was a secret for most people, but it was this thing that was holding me back from really feeling like I was being the best version of me, being the person that I wanted to be. And that created for me this difficulty in terms of like just dealing with my emotions, dealing with, um, you know, being a good dad and being the best husband that I wanted to be. And it was a secret. I kept it from my wife for as long as I could. Uh, you know, that's not very long at the time. I, we, we didn't have iPhones, so it was a lot harder to hide your porn problems. And, um, you know, I basically had to figure this out. So, um, in 2012, just about the time we had our twins, I had been, you know, I'd been going to 12 step meetings. I'd been working with counselors. I'd been working with uh, church leaders trying to deal with my pornography problem. And I came to a point where, and Darcy was like, I need you home. Uh, we we're going to have twins. We're going to have six kids, seven and under. And I was like, I got to take a step back from this because it's not working. And she's like, this is not working. This is not getting us any further along. Yeah. And so I took a step back and I started to just kind of look at my brain. I started to work through the problems that were in my mind. And I always have found myself to be just like a figure out or I can figure anything out. I've always been that kind of a guy who just fixes stuff, even though I don't know anything about it. And so I started to look at my brain and I started to try and fix my own brain. Come to find out a few years later, Darcy's listening to a podcast of, of a friend of ours now, uh, Jody Moore. And she's like, hey, Jody just taught me this thing that you... Uh, used to do to stop looking at pornography. And I was like, Oh really? What was it? And so she would talk about the things that Jody was talking about on, on her podcast. And of course, Jody was like talking about diet Coke and <laughs> yes, Target and you know, food, food. Right. And, but the principles were the same. And I was like, Oh wow. I didn't know that's what you would call it, but that's exactly what it was. And so all of a sudden we started to have this vocabulary for what I had been doing and we found out that it was basically this this coaching philosophy from Brooke Castillo, who is uh, you know runs the life coach school, and it was my coach trainer and your coach trainer, right? Yep. And we we started to think, wait, maybe we should do this for a living. Maybe this is something that could help so many people, and we could put this out there and and provide so much value to so many people by being me being a coach. So we went to coach trainings um, and we, in the last year, we've, we've been coaching so many men and so many women about how to remove pornography from their lives. Um, and I, I, I want to kind of caveat, or I want to, you know, make sure that, you know, people who want pornography in their lives, we're not here to just tell you don't have it. Right. But, but there are so many people out there who, you know, they are, they feel stuck. They feel incapable. They feel like they're an addict. They feel like they don't have the capacity to change this habit in their lives. And what I want you to know is that there's hope and yeah. we don't have to, we don't have to judge you for using pornography. We just want you to have a, a you know, a place where you can go and get help and figure it out and, and finally resolve this habit. So it's not part of your life if that's what you really want. I love that. Darcy, what's the story from your perspective? 
So from my perspective, I had this fairy tale life. Like I just married the man that I loved and we, you know, we went to college together and we had, you know, three beautiful children in two and a half years. So then in 2008, I had a miscarriage and it was three days later that I discovered, I, I was sitting on my bed and I happened to pick up Zach's work laptop and I saw pornography. And in that moment, my whole world just like crashed and I thought my life was over. You know, my fairy tale life just felt like it had ended. And I sat on the couch until like three or four in the morning and just cried to my best friend, like just pouring out my heart about how my marriage is going to end and end in disaster. And then obviously in 2012, when like Zach said, I just was like, you got to stop doing all these meetings and therapies and counseling. You're still looking at pornography, like just come home and help me. At at that point, I just kind of given up hope that he would ever stop looking at pornography. And I just wanted him there to help me. Yeah. So, I mean, your marriage obviously didn't end in 2008, right? (laughs) What did it look like in between 2008 and 2012? Okay. So at first I was really angry and I just was like, don't touch me. You cannot look at me naked. You don't deserve to look at me naked. Like I I wouldn't change in front of him, like all, you know, all of these stuff, because I made it mean so much about me. It was all like, I really thought his pornography use was all, all my fault, all about me. And then once I got over that initial um, pain, I would say, you know, like, mm-hmm. and, and the I just, yeah. And I just, we, you know, we slowly, you know, started obviously having relationships and, at that point, I literally was like imagining in my brain what he was looking at, right? And on the screen. And then I was like trying to be a performer in the bedroom. So mm. like I was doing all these, ex- not crazy things, but <laughs> more so than, you know, new in your marriage sex, right? And yeah. And then, and it was great, right? I actually, I really enjoyed a lot of it, right? It wasn't that it, I didn't enjoy it but I wasn't doing it because I wanted to connect with him. Right. I was doing it to try and make myself feel better. Right. I was trying to make myself feel like I was enough. Well, and you were also partly trying to make it so that I, you know, you were putting on this show thinking this is what he wants. Yeah. Right. Not because it was really connecting. It was like, Oh, well I have to be at this level or this and it's not really levels, right? It's, I just have to do things differently so that I'm meeting whatever I think his needs are, Yeah. which unfortunately the reality is, is that pornography doesn't meet your needs. So you putting on a show wasn't necessarily meeting the needs, my needs either. Right. And I think that was a big, I think that created a lot of trouble for you. Yeah. And then I, you know, that ended, right. I could only put on a show for so long and life happened and more babies happened and more pregnancies and right. And so then I got to this point where I just was like, I totally just disconnected from my sexuality altogether. And it became about Zach. Like, how can I please Zach? How can, you know, I never wanted to say no because of, I said no in my brain. I thought, Oh, he'll turn to pornography. And you know, when you're newly married and you have those people that give you that lovely advice of like, 
don't ever tell your husband no, because then he'll go elsewhere, right? Which totally give me a break, right? And yes. so it, I just like that's what I started doing, right? And I and it was like I was not a sexual being anymore. It was just all about taking care of his needs. What had it been like before you found out about the porn, your intimate relationship? I'd say it was just normal. Like it just, you know, we like sex. I mean, I guess if that's the question, (laughs) obviously we're having sex and it, it was just good. Like, I just felt like you felt like it was good. It was connecting. It was intimate. Yeah, it was perfect. And you know, and, and that's where I know that it wasn't the pornography problem, right? At yeah. that moment, it was the shift in my brain once I knew that he had seen pornography. Yeah. 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 And it, yeah. I, I think it's interesting how little pornography impacted our bedroom conversation, like our, our physical intimacy, because I think we're both good at sex. <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> but when, once it became a react, like out in the open, that's when it created this problem right? That's when, that's when she was worried about me and I didn't know how to not, I didn't know how to say no at that point, right? Like as a man, I think one of the things that, you know, we're drilled, that's drilled into us is like, oh, if your wife offers, then you say yes. And, and, and that is not true. (laughs) That is like one of the least true things about sex because the truth is, is that as a man, what I really want is I want to be connected to my wife. That That is more true than I want sex. Absolutely. And, and there came a point, and this was years later uh, after, you know, she was trying to like always meet my needs, like we talk about in, in I think, especially in LDS circles, it's like, you're going to meet his needs, which, mm-hmm. you know, he's not the only one who enjoys sex in life. So meeting his needs makes him like one up from you. And that's not true. And that's not good for intimacy. And, and it was years later that I finally got to a place where I was like, you know, I'm just not interested right now. Um, and so that was a really diff, that was a really interesting transition for me personally, where it came from. I want sex that is connecting, not just orgasmic. I love that because I think so many times we we have this script that we follow and the dialogue and the meaning frames that, you know, sex is all about the man and we have to meet his needs so he doesn't go elsewhere, like you said. And what really, and women get in their minds, and I've talked about this before on the podcast, that like he just wants sex and I have to do this for him. And it's not about that. It's about two people building intimacy and connection and sex just happens to be the vehicle that that sometimes happens. And when we can stand up for the sexual relationship that we actually want, instead of just getting whatever's offered, that's when things really start to change. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. And I think it's really important, especially for men, you know, as a man, if you're listening to this, what I think you need to hear here is, if your wife is saying no to you, it's not because she's rejecting you. It's because she's just not ready. Right. Like that, that is so important. And it took me a long time to get from a place where I thought that she should want me at the same time and at the same level and at the same intensity <laughs> that I wanted her all the time, which by the way, like I wake up in the morning and I'm ready to go because manhood, right? Like it happens. Yep. Testosterone peaks in the morning. (laughs) Right. And so the idea that, you know, 
when I wake up, I should be able to get whatever I want just because I'm ready. That, that was permeating my brain. And I was like, Hey, why don't you love me the same way I love you? And that's not the conversation. And it, and, and it really, once you can let that go and be like, Oh, she's just not ready yet. And I am, it's my job to be able to be available when she's ready and vice versa, just because I want to, not because I have to. And again, vice versa, because she wants to and not because she has to. Yeah. Changed so much uh, about what I was looking for in our intimacy. And I don't know if that changed for you or how that changed for you. So for me, I, I became so used to just saying yes, you know, whenever he wanted it. And then fast forward a few years, I just decided this is not working for me, right? I feel used. I feel like this is just for him. Um, and I really, I just was really resentful of, of his sexual desire and, and just his advances, right? It was like, oh, totally. don't touch me. I know what that means, right? Mm-hmm. I think this is a very familiar script for many, many couples. Yeah. You're like, Oh, he's rubbing my back. I know what he wants. Right. And so, totally. and so I just like step back and I really, I had this conversation with him. I was like, honey, I love you, but I cannot just keep having sex with you because I'm trying to control like your pornography use. Right. Like yeah. that's cause that's what I was doing. Right. And so I just started saying no when I, when I really didn't want to. Right. And it's, which is so good because when we, when we can't really say no, then we're not really able to say yes either. Yes. And I'm not saying like, I never compromised. Right. Like there were, sure. right. Just like the give and take of marriage, but it wasn't just this, I, I kind of let go of the narrative in my head that like I had to do this or he's going to turn to porn. Right. Yeah. And so we, we just had that conversation and we were really open and honest about it. And he, he didn't realize that I was feeling like an object that I felt used. Right. Because he is really, really awesome husband. Like he, he's super hands-on dad. Like he's, he, you know, he's really good at just showing me love and affection and service. Right. Like he's a good man. And so he never wanted me to feel like I was just this sexual toy for him. Right. And so once he heard that, he was like, oh, I'm like, I didn't, I don't mean to make you feel that way. Right. And so we just started just being more honest and open about what we actually wanted sexually. How did you feel when he started saying no? (laughs) (laughs) I'll be honest. (laughs) So, you know, when you're like growing a business and life's stressful, right? Like husband's tend a lot of them to, you know, lose their sex drive a little bit. Right. Like, it's not like he lost it completely, but I remember when I, cause I would just be like, he would come to me. Right. And I knew he wanted sex and I would be like, yeah, like fine. And he'd be like, Oh, I no, I don't want to just, I just don't want you to just accommodate me. Like I, I actually want to, you know, make love. And if you're not ready to do that, then let's try again tomorrow night. Right. And so I'm like, Oh, wow. And then I felt respected and I felt like he was actually listening and understanding what was going on for me. Mm-hmm. Now there had been times where obviously my sex drive was higher than his. 
And, yeah. and, and then the reverse of it, having to deal with like the, that rejection, right? <laughs> it's very different, <laughs> like very different. Yes. Yes. But, and, and now I feel like we're finally like on the same page again, like desire wise and, and stuff. But there was a very brief period where his life was very stressful and he just was not that into it. And I'm like, what, what happened to my husband? What's wrong with him? You know, like I started to question like what's going on, but we worked it all out. <laughs> well, I'm so glad. What did you want to say, Zach? I was just going to say in that conversation where she's saying, Hey, this is what I want. And this is, you know, how I'd like to be, um, you know, be intimate, uh, and saying no to me on a more regular basis than she had previously. I had to hear that conversation a couple of times. So I think it's important that wives that are out there that are listening to this, they don't just say, Hey, you need to do it this way. And then your husband just automatically starts doing it that way. I'm sure that will happen for some of you, but it needs to be a continuing conversation. It's, it needs to be one where you, you know, you are lovingly helping your husband understand where you are and he is seeking to understand where you are. And, and that, that goes both ways. What if, what if he's not, what if he's not lovingly seeking to understand where you are? I think you need to continue to be lovingly helping him understand where you are. <laughs> I think there's nothing wrong with saying, no, this is, this is where this stops. And I need you to respect that. And yeah. I'm not going to appreciate it if you try to get one over, right? Because of that, you know, if you really do want intimacy in your marriage, like I'm not talking about sex, I'm talking about intimacy, that, that yes. interaction where you and her are on the same page and where you and her are really coming together in a way that grows your relationship that requires a mutual understanding of what each partner wants. And then it also requires a mutual desire to give what each partner wants. Yeah. Do you think that men, a lot of men, not all men, obviously, but a lot of men feel entitled to sex? Sure. Totally. Is that right? No. <laughs> well, I, I, I honestly, I think in our culture, right? Like that's kind of, I, I feel like that's how it, it goes, right? Like mm -hmm. women are in charge of controlling the man's like sexual desires and thoughts and right. Just like from totally younger about like modesty. Right. And mm -hmm. so, and then I feel like in, in return, that kind of sends this message to men that says, yeah, that says she's in charge of how I get off. And I think it's yeah. really important that we kind of question that norm. And this goes all the way back to like, we've had a couple of conversations about our daughter going to young women's camp. And I don't know if they do this in Northern Utah, but in Southern Utah, we had this young women's camp or it was a church camp, church owned camp where the young women were not allowed to wear pants. Short or well, sorry, short. Not allowed to wear shorts, right? Or, le yeah. or leggings. Yeah. Yes. I think that's standard in all the church, like yeah. the church owned camps. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Possibly here in the, in the lower 48, but like we had a church owned camp in Alaska. They didn't care. Of course, in Alaska, you wore pants because it was cold. But the idea that we're telling our young women, hey, you, you can't wear shorts to young women's camp just starts that process of like, well, why? Yeah. I actually heard a story um, from someone that I follow on Instagram that um, there, she was in a ward council and they were talking about girls camp and um, one of the priesthood leaders who was going to be going up to camp said, you know, I don't feel like we should allow girls to wear shorts, you know, that 
I'm uncomfortable in that situation. And everybody's like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And she's like, hold up. If you are uncomfortable with a young woman wearing shorts at girls camp, you should not be there. And I was like, uncomfortable with you being at girls. camp. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. And this is the point that, that I think we all should be making, which is our young women are not responsible for the sexual desires or the sexual actions or the sexual thoughts of other people at all. Absolutely. End of discussion. And, and once we can get to that, we can start to see that it's not the woman's responsibility to make sure that the man is satisfied. It is all of our responsibilities to be personally responsible for our own sexual desires and absolutely someone else to manage them in any way. Absolutely. I actually had a client text me this morning saying, okay, it's been about five days since I've had sex with my husband. And he, I said no last night and he won't even speak to me this morning. And he's belligerent when he does. And he just walked out the door. What do I do? And I was like, you just let him be mad. Yeah. Like you just let him be mad. You don't have, I mean, I don't agree with him being belligerent to you in any way, shape or form, but that's not your responsibility. That's his. He's got to learn to manage his own sexuality, just like you have to learn how to manage yours. And that means, you know, creating desire for you, learning how to do that because that hasn't been something. And that means him calming the heck down. (laughs) Right. Yeah. Say say no until you're ready. Like, that's what I would say to her. Like, say no until you're ready to have sex. Absolutely. When you're ready to have sex, he'll be ready. (laughs) I'm sure he will. I'm sure he will. So after the pornography and after you had, you know, kind of figured out how to work with things in your sexual relationship, moving forward, what did things look like? For me, it looked a lot more like the, the relationship that I wanted, that I had been trying to get, I think our entire marriage. It was this, I am coming to you when I'm ready. And if you're not ready, I'm okay with that, but we can still have an intimate moment. We can spend time together intimately without it being intercourse. Mm -hmm. And it it was us seeing each other and, and really trying to meet each other's needs for me. That's what I saw. What about you? Yeah. For, for me, I just, I just really owned what I wanted. Right. And, and I didn't make it anything about him in the beginning. Right. Like I feel like, now we're to the place where I do think more about him and meeting his needs and in a connecting way, like, you know, like when you're being intimate, but in that Mm -hmm. beginning, it was more about like focusing on myself and what I wanted and what I didn't want and, and expressing that and communicating that to him. And, and then it was just so much better because we were more on the same page and he understood what it was that I wanted. And, and I, and really, I, you know, I just own that I can say no. Yeah. Right. And, and that's okay. And yeah, it it was pretty powerful for me because I just was so used to just, you know, letting him do whatever he wanted to do. (laughs) Right. And well, and what's, what's interesting about that is I never, in those moments when she was letting me do whatever I wanted to do, let's call it that. <laughs> I never, I never, because 
don't you know, know. I guess I mean like a back rub with a happy ending. Like in, in, the, <laughs> in my mind, I was like, oh, I don't really want this happy ending, but he's giving me a back rub. So I'll just deal with it. Right. Yeah. Like, so it wasn't like he was like taking advantage of me or like, no, it was nothing like that. It was just in my head. I wasn't there in my head. Right. I was totally, totally disconnected from my body. Like I was like, well, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna get there. So you can just do, do your thing and make it quick type thing. Right. Yeah. And I wasn't even really willing to get myself there in my head. Right. Cause that takes a lot of focus and energy mm-hmm. and thoughts. And, you know, it's not like a flip the switch and I'm ready to go. Right. And so so yeah, that. So how did you change that in yourself? I think really just me accepting that I was not there to fulfill his sexual needs, like was a big, big part of it, right? Like that I do have desires and that I do have, you know, wants and, and things that I, I would like to do or try. Right. And it was for me yeah. and, and. Yeah. I I don't know. Honestly, I think the biggest switch for me was just owning like consent, right? Like owning my, Mm -hmm. my power there, like not just like giving it up because he wanted it. Right. Like, yeah. And what, and that was what, I guess that's where I was going with this was I didn't want you to just give it up because I wanted it. Because what that really ended up doing for me was it made me feel like I was, I was just using you and that there was no intimacy in that. And that, that didn't feel good from my perspective. And it was not easy to get over the idea of like, I am going to get off as many times as I possibly can, because that's what men do, right? Like there's this, you know, thing in the back of my brain that says, Hey, have sex right <laughs> there and and sometimes it's there and sometimes it's not in the back of my brain it's you know right somewhere below the waist and it's like hey have sex have sex have sex have sex and the idea of me being able to say oh wait what i really want is intimacy and i i don't want to just have sex or get off because she is offering it what i really want is to feel connection that switch made it so much more easy for me to be willing to be like, Oh, you're not ready. I'm yeah. going to, I'm going to calm down now. And there were lots of nights where I would ask a couple of times, I'd be like, Hey, I'm, I'm raring to go. I'm going to touch you and try and start the engine and see which button works this time. <laughs> Cause that, <laughs> yeah. Right. Close all yeah. the windows and, make sure all the kids are in bed and the doors are locked. Right. Like, and then I would be like, Hey, are you into this? And I just need you to give me a yes or a no, because that means that I have to change what I'm thinking. I have yes. to change how I'm feeling right now so that I don't feel resentful. Right. And so I could just shut things down well, rather than just be like mad all night and poking all night till like three in the morning when I finally get her started up. Right. Yeah. And how did you do that? How did you change the way that you were thinking so that you weren't resentful in that? Oh, situation. Yeah. So it was, I mean, it was just, she's not ready. 
Right. And, and that to me was as much, as much as I needed. I just went from a thought of like, Ooh, I'd like to get busy tonight. I'd like to have sex tonight to, Oh, she's not ready. And that's okay. But I think that that's okay. Part was really like the, okay, then I can calm down and I can go back to just being snuggly. Back. Well, and you didn't make it mean anything about you. Yes. And I stopped making it mean that she doesn't love me enough. Yeah. And not making it mean anything about her either. Yeah, totally. I mean, I that's so not, much I of this. Never really, like, I wasn't thinking about her that much. Okay, that's valid. That's valid. Worried about what she, what I, what it was meaning about her. I was really worried about what it was meaning about me because those were the nights, those were the moments where I was like hurt. Well, yeah, I but mad, I think what she's saying like, is like you weren't thinking like, what's wrong with my wife? Why won't she get in the mood? Like, what is that what you were meaning? Right, and like you know, why why can't she do this for me? Why, what's wrong with her that she's not willing to do this? Like, I think so many times we want to, you know, go into the shame, like there's something wrong with me and then that doesn't feel good. And so then we want to go into the blame. There's something wrong with her. And, and we both do this. Like we do it as women, men do it too. And really there's nothing wrong with either of you. Just one of you wants sex and one of you doesn't. Just like if one of you was hungry and one of you wasn't. Like it, that's, it's really that simple, but it, that is so hard for so many of us to understand. Yeah. And I think once that, once I was able to make that switch, I think a lot of things changed over our, over our intimacy. Cause we, I mean, I'll, like we have really had a very good sex life. Like, I know there are lots of people out there who, you know, their wives don't orgasm. And I know there's lots of people out there who just have low testosterone. And like, I know there are lots of people out there who have lots of different issues. Like he comes first, like super fast. Right. I, I know there's lots of issues like that. We've never had any of those issues. We have been very, very blessed in our sex life to be very much compatible and very much on the same page most of the time. But for us, it was about, finding a way to be intimate in a way that wasn't just about sex. Yes. I love that so much. Okay. So I know after this, there's going to be so many people that want to work with you guys. Where can they find you? Yeah. You, you can set up a consult with me at zaxbafford.com slash work with me. There is a, even a way for you to set up a consult with Darcy at zaxbafford.com slash the stuff. I think it is. <laughs> Uh, which is where we have a whole bunch of links for free downloads. If you want some uh, free tools to help you, if you're dealing with pornography in your life, this is, I think one of the biggest issues that uh, face our generation. Um, you know, we came up without handheld computers. I, you know, I'm 40 this year and I didn't have a handheld computer until I was, uh, you know, 25, 26 and and so the idea that now pornography is so available to us this is this is us learning how to stop using it in our lives and so we have lots of resources for people that are free um and you can always you know find those on our website at zaxbafford.com you can also listen to the podcast we have a podcast uh the awesome. mastery podcast which is fun and you hear darcy every once in a while and you hear me every week <laughs> yeah and so specifically zach you're working with men who are struggling with pornography and other addictions? So I work with men and women who have addictive type behaviors. So whether that okay. is pornography or video gaming or excessive shopping, those eating. behaviors, eating, those behaviors that we tend to find are 
creating a problem in our lives and we don't know how to stop them as a habit. That's what I Okay. And Darcy, what about you? I mainly just work with the wives um, on pornography, like helping them get to a place in their mind where pornography does not consume their every thoughts, that they don't just look at their husband and think he looks at pornography or be so disgusted. And, you know, just it's so hard for women to not make it mean there's something wrong with them. Like, even if they know intellectually, like pornography is not about me down, it's still there. Like there's still this, like, but what if it is right? Like there's this little thought (laughs) attached to the end of that first thought. Like, I know this isn't about me, but maybe it is a little or, you know, and so really helping the women see pornography for what it is and, and stop giving it so much power in their relationship and in their lives. Awesome. Well, thank you guys so much for being here. Thanks for having us. This has been awesome. Thanks for listening to the Self Mastery Podcast. Imagine you sitting next to your loved one and no longer bogged down by the greatest trial of your life. Each month, I offer a free webinar that you can attend where you can get your questions answered about how you can break free from pornography use. Take a moment now and go to the website, zackspafford.com slash free call, and you can sign up for free. You don't want to miss out on this amazing opportunity to ask questions, learn a new skill, and even get coached live if you like. We'll see you then. Thanks for listening to Thrive Beyond Pornography. If you're seeking guidance and support to overcome pornography for good and begin creating a thriving life beyond it, check out my free webinar, How to Overcome Pornography with Skills That Actually Work. You'll learn practical, proven skills guided by an expert coach who has personally overcome pornography. Whether you're getting started for just yourself or along with your spouse, Darcy and I can teach you the tools that will help you put your life on the right path for you. Be sure to check out the show notes for a direct link and... If you could take a moment to leave a review wherever you listen to podcasts, it would mean the world to us. Your reviews play a significant role in helping others discover the show so they can join us on this transformative journey. Thank you for being part of the Thrive Beyond Pornography community. Until our next episode, stay strong, stay focused, and keep thriving.